This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, who is my co-host, Ben Bateman. And we are the uh, one of the one of the key modern podcasts on the internet today. Uh, you can follow us on a podcast app on YouTube if this is your first time here. Please hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, today we are talking about um, this is just a little bit of a boomerism in magic, but here's here's uh, around ten cards. We'll figure out the number in a second. It's flashed up in front of me on screen actually how many cards we're talking about or it's in the title uh these are these are these are cards that are they still viable in modern these are some classic staples some like arguably at different points in the format either defining features cards that were banned uh that were later unbanned etc are these cards still viable in modern are they seeing play um and and if they are are they being underrated could they see more play than they maybe are especially with the banning of uh yorion and so there's 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 some fun times to be talked about uh before we totally jump into that big shout out to sponsors uh channel fireball and tcg player if there's a if you want to buy any of these cards that we talk about or other cards or we talk about decks that you want to maybe play uh click on the link below uh you don't it doesn't cost you anything you just have to click on that tcg player link and we get uh credit uh if you're going to magic summit uh me and ben are going to be there in utah in november um and you and just shout out uh use use if you're if you haven't bought your ticket yet uh use the keyword cast k-e-s-s to be able to uh get a discount and it supports us uh as well uh and then uh last but not least we're going to be at magic 30 it's this week if you're listening to this episode on tuesday magic 30 is later this week we're down to say hi Tweet at us, at Kev Wiley, at Ben Baton Media, at the MM Cast. We're excited to hang out with people. All right. Any, are you ready, Ben? Any, anything you want to say in the pre-show other than... I'm just like super duper excited uh, to go to Magic 30 and this and the Summit. I mean, I think they're both going to be amazing. I think it's going to be a great time. And I'm just happy we're getting to, to go to events again. Um, we're going to do one of our, one of our uh, classic chaos drafts at Magic 30. Maybe at Summit as well. Um, and yeah, I just think it's going to be super, super fun. So I'm glad to be here. Yep, yep, yep uh all right okay so the way it's gonna work i'm gonna name cards ben doesn't know what's on this list i'm gonna say cards he might argue that they're still good he might think they're <laughs> bad now he might be wrong and then we'll look it up it's gonna be fun uh i might be wrong and they might be super viable who knows the way we're doing this is i have uh, all the cards pulled up on mtg goldfish i have all the decks that they've recently placed in uh as well as the number of decks that they've been placed in uh in modern uh separated uh, so that'll be a number we can talk towards as we do this, but uh, there, there, there are some fun ones here. And we'll talk about what cards maybe replace them, why they're not seeing play, why they could see more play. And the very first card we're going to talk about, and this one hurts me in my soul, uh, Path to Exile. Sad times. The deck, the, the, the two decks that are currently see, it's seeing the most play in are Burn and Hammer Time. Burn is a, is a sideboard piece. And Hanover Time, I believe it is also just as a sideboard piece, uh, you know, relegated to that extra removal spell you may want access to later on. 
And even then in Hammer Time, it's not in most decks. It's just in some of them. How do you feel about Path to Exile basically no longer being viable in Modern? Well, it's interesting. It's very interesting that it's not. There's a couple reasons that it's it's slid down so far. Um, I'd say namely the most significant one is Prismatic Ending. That's the, that's the card that has uh, taken the biggest toll. But Path is still an instant, which obviously is different, right? And, and that, that does make a difference. Um, but I think that the decks that used to play Path, I mean, I don't think Path is like the kind of card that if you were playing against somebody at a modern tournament and they pathed your thing, you'd like laugh. You wouldn't be like, I can't believe you're playing Path, right? It's more, it's just, it doesn't quite have the, oh yeah, you think so? If someone played Path against me, I would at, at a minimum be very on the like, why? Now, that being said, there are reasons why. There are still like one of the other decks that does play it. It just is not like a top tier viable deck in modern or even in the top whatever is Death and Taxes decks playing the good old fashioned Ghost Quarter Path plus Leonin Arbiter plus even Mind Center game plan. Right. So like if on turn one I play I play a Raghavan and they path it, but they don't like that's the first thing they do. I'm now very suspicious that I need to start playing my fetch lands because I, I think there is no reason you should be playing path unless you have a distinct reason. Burn is another burn as a cyborg card makes sense because they need they don't care about how many lands you have, right? It's more about like I need to get rid of things in my way. What are the most efficient ways to do that? And the problem with prismatic ending is if you want to get rid of a two drop or a three drop or a four drop, that means you don't have the mana to cast your lightning bolts your burn spells, your one drop spells, you want a one mana answer to things and you, and you're killing them fast enough that their land doesn't matter. So I, I, if I'm in game one and someone paths me, I'm, I'm, I'm squinting at them suspiciously. If, if not saying, Oh, like if they play like a blue white land and then they path me, I might be on the like, Oh, have you not played modern since COVID? <laughs> but okay. My one thing to say that is like, imagine you're building a deck and it's, multicolored and it's not a deck that's going to play like heavy into white and it's a deck that wants to be reactive i'm just making a deck up here in my mind okay it's like a deck that plays some white but it doesn't have like a huge abundance of white cards so you're not going to easily be able to solitude like that's not a thing that you can do comfortably you know like and basically solitude and prismatic ending are the two cards right prismatic ending is the is the one for one removal spell solitude is the other reason and when you talk about instant speed that's the other card so like I do think there's probably a world and there's also budget, right? Let's be honest. If you want to be able to react to things at instant speed and you're going to build a deck and like you're trying to come up with how to do it and you want to cut costs, I'm not saying I'd recommend it, but if you're going to play as your local FNM and like I, Path Exile is a fine card, it's just not as good as its alternatives. Like, like Prismatic Ending is not more expensive than Path Exile. But it's, then, a honest, but, it's a, but it's a sorcery. So like, sure. Yeah. It's not reactive. That's the one problem. Well, but sorcery is still rea- reactive. Is a is a debatable term. <laughs> when you try to like, I, I'm even you try to up, hammer I'm time me, like, or you try to author. infect me, or you try to like, you know, what any anything that's going to kind of one shot me, any big strategy like that, which they still well, exist in modern. In fact, classically, you want to get them on your turn, right? Like you want to try and answer them at sorcery speed. But that's a, I mean, like I'm looking at other lists that are playing it, and like, you know, there's a Thopter combo deck that's playing two in the sideboard, but they're playing four portable hole in the main deck. Like, I, I think like 
depending on what your deck is trying to do, there are just so many variable options that are better. Right. And if your point is, if you're not playing white, mainly the other colors all have better <laughs> options than path. I mean, like if you're a white blue deck that for some reason is not playing to fairies. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 we don't have to, we don't have to dwell on this forever. I, I think I agree with you. It's, it's weird. Like, it still gets the job done. So like, that's why I sort of say, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to spend like 60 bucks and build a deck. Like I want to really build something that's like cheap and easy, but I guess your point is pretty sound. Prismatic ending is like the same. It, it, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I think there are reasons, right? Like say they're like still think snapcaster mage is really, really dope. Right. And like, and they want to, they're playing a specifically draw go flash style deck and they have four solitudes and they have four paths instead of prismatic ending because they don't care if you have lands, they're just trying to get as late to the game as possible so they can kill you through classic control strategy. Now, do I think that's good in modern with Yorion gone? It may be a little bit better and path is better with snapcaster mage, but if someone paths me, I'm either going to think they're doing something. So I'm going to be looking out for the Aven mind sensor flash or I'm arbiter, going to be fetching yeah. early against our you know assuming there's two drops going to be an arbiter or I'm going to think that like oh they have snapcaster mages if they have a counter spell and they're great if I, they cast counter spell on turn two on turn four they have four mana up I'm gonna play around that right or I'm gonna assume there's some shenanigans happening um so that does bring me to the next card though which, which also is hurts. Snapcaster Mage. Snapcaster Mage. <laughs> I can see what you were doing there. I can see the lead in. This one is interesting because while Path was always the best version of a thing that existed, like a, like an important thing, like white being able to remove a creature, to exile a creature mm -hmm. for one mana, there's lots of things in lots of colors that do that, right? Like not necessarily exile, but there's lots of removal spells that are in different colors. Snapcaster for a very long time was the only card that really did that like that, right? You had lots of other things that would get printed over the years that were that were similar or did cool variants of a Snapcaster. But like when it came to just like Snapcaster Mage, there was nothing like Snapcaster and no other color had a thing like Snapcaster that was really doing that. You, had, you know, Dark Dwellers or something, but like that's a five mana card. Uh, and so I do really think that Snapcaster Mage just like what you just said, if you want to build that deck, like if your plan is to build the reactive deck, I actually still think Snapcaster is totally fine. I don't think it's been outclassed to the point where like getting to the end of a tournament and like bolt snap bolt is is impossible. I just don't think it's going to be a high win share deck. I think you're going to take that to a nine round day one. And you're going to five four if you play that deck is what's going to probably happen. There are there are blue red um control decks right that are like playing archmage's charm and prismatic command and, and and that are playing snapcaster mages right to some extent now like murktide doesn't but that's a tempo deck but murktide decks don't also uh, wants to exile to a graveyard so like and, right and, well I, I think it's just it's also just like ledger shredder is better there's more powerful things you can be doing um that are more tempo oriented um you know the blue eye control decks don't because of Kahira. That I mean, that is one thing that is hurting Snapcaster Mage. I think distinctly is Kahira's existence because, like, the two main decks that played Snapcaster Mage were blue red reactive decks. One of them being Murktide, but the other one being blue red controlled, which does see some amount of play. And then that, like, I guess includes Grixis, and then or blue white 
control decks that were playing it with Path or whatever, but because Kahira, before Yorion existed, which made Snapcaster like somewhat a weird choice because when you play Yorion, you don't have a lot of mana floating to be able to blink your Snapcaster Mage. But now the big one is that like Kahira is your main control card that you put on the side and Snapcaster Mage doesn't let you have that extra card and like because Kahira only allows you to play certain creature types one of which is not wizard have or king you have an elemental nightmare cat or beast beast yeah so i mean i think i think um if we're if you're going to ask me to like rank like through this conversation like most viable to least viable i would definitely put snapcaster above path and i think it's because it's a card that if i want to be doing that probably the thing i'll be doing a lot of the time is one CMC instant or sorcery. So it's still pretty fine. Like you're still getting a creature. You're still getting, you know, to buy back a spell. Uh, and, and even if you get to the mid game and you're flashing back an Archmage's Charm or something, it's still really good. It's still a very good thing to be doing. The spells have gotten better. So it's not, doesn't make Snapcaster much worse. It's just the biggest thing that I think has changed modern. Uh, and there's a lot of them, but one of the biggest things I should say is we have a lot more free spells than we used to. So paying mana for something, then paying mana for another thing, where minimum it's going to cost you three. They have to like not remove your graveyard in response. When people oh, are doing yeah. things for free, it makes that kind of clunky. That, that exchange feels clunky compared to a current, what modern magic feels like now. Tar targeted graveyard removal is more common. And blue-white's best control cards, Force Negation, Solitude, uh force negation and solitude are both bad with snapcaster mage right force negation being like a five mana mediocre counter spell or negate and without without you being able to pay for it for free and solitude obviously not being able to be used with snapcaster mage i agree i think those are also big features to it there are just less spells and even counter spell now requires you counter spell and then archmage charm both require you to be so committed to blue to also have snapcaster mage it also kind of puts a lot of strain on your deck now, and, and I but and when I said blue red, I meant the blue moon decks. Um, for just by the way, yeah. Uh, Noble hierarch. Oh, well, it is currently in less decks than Snapcaster mages in modern. That's so weird. The part part of it is because of a noble hierarch. The decks that are jund or red green or red black aren't like just playing noble hierarch because it's the best option and they just have to for like i know but i but i i also look at like when i you know there's two there's two there's generally speaking there's two ways to look at this right uh one of them is like you look at the deck lists and you and you scour them for viability to see like who's playing what the other way is you look at the price and i gotta tell you like ignoble hierarch when it got printed i was sort of like oh this is gonna you know this will bring the price of noble down a little but like they'll both be good Noble Hierarch is not worth anything. It's worth like $4. I like can't believe it. That which, which means if Ignoble Hierarch is worth like four bucks, that, that, like, that just means that that creature in that type, in that slot, is just not dominant. It's just not played a lot. Like you can't get away in modern for, you know, if something costs four bucks, it's not going to be a four of in a lot of decks. Um, like, like, so like, you know, Bant Collected Company is not a deck in the format anymore. Uh, the the ignoble hierarchies play in Yogmoth lists on occasion, but in and in, in those decks you want green black, right? That's part of the problem is that the like green white is no longer the color of the birthing pod descendants. It's green black, and so noble hierarch no longer has a home in those decks. Bant 
like decks in general, there's like a Bant combo deck, but it's not it's not really doing that much damage. In fact, which is one of the main places you would see Noble Hierarch, and you now see that ending Noble Hierarch together. Um, if if they're doing both, like a lot of them are just playing Noble Hierarch and doing mono, you know, black green now because you want the ability to get protection from white and red that Phyrexian Crusade offers. If you are playing blue green, you might be playing in Noble Hierarch, but that's the less common version of the list. It's also telling that, like, I think, I think, so again, Ignoble Hierarch, just talking about the Jun deck, because the Jun deck doesn't even play Ignoble Hierarch. The regular Jun deck, it's not even in the list, right? No, which, no, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> which is wild. And the biggest reason for that, I, I'm pretty sure, is because of uh, Ren and Six. Because what you want to be doing is putting a Ren and Six down on turn two, and the whole, like, acceleration mana advantage thing that you get, you're just going to get your lands back. Like, you don't really... And you also don't want to have three mana on turn two when Ren and Six is, like... Or, like, Dothy, you know? Like, you don't you, want, like, two drops, really. You... There's a few reasons. One, I think, and this is true across the map, right? You bring up Ren and Six. Actually, I think Ren and Six is on the, the opposite side of the table is a bigger problem, right? Like, Noble Hierarch looks so silly in the face of a Ren and Six that, like it makes it less viable than it was before Ren and Six existed. But I think also in Jund, like, there are, on turn one, you want a Raghavan or you want a Thoughtseize, right? Like, there, there's yeah. no world where, like, you have enough one drops and two drops and three drops, like, one drops and two drops, really, that that jump to three mana isn't worth not Thoughtseizing your opponent or not keeping a Lightning Bolt up to remove their one drop that I think it, like, the Abzan decks could have played... uh Noble Hierarch for years during an era where they were trying to cast four drops like Siege Rhino. They never did, right? Like it was never. I Wait, mean, one card? In a while, what card did you say? Siege Rhino? What the hell is a Siege Rhino? The four mana, five, four that stopped being relevant when Birthing Pod was banned. <laughs> I know a card called Sage Rhino. I don't know what the hell a Siege Rhino is. I said it right. <laughs> you said it the right way. You, you let us all down. All the, listener, all the listeners were let down by your correct right. pronunciation. Good. Uh, uh, no, I think I think um, talking about what you, you what you just said, like what you want to be doing on turn one with those decks, you know, I, I think what's crazy is that it's pretty clear to me that the next major the next major ban in modern is going to have to be Ren and Six. I'm pretty positive that'll be the next card, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't. Like, today I'm on like get rid of Gigantha too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Ren and Six is good for modern. I think it I think it prices out a lot of the, a lot of the like the one drops and the cheap cards i guess it's one of the biggest like anti ragavan cards so it's like if you get rid of renin six then ragavan gets even better which isn't sweet yeah. but but i still would be i'm way i'm more on the like there have been creatures that come down on turn one that need to be dealt with for a long time in modern that's not like a thing like getting a planeswalker that can incidentally kill that you know kill those creatures seems Two mana yeah. planeswalker, like 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 we always ask the question, you know, how good can you make a one mana or a two mana planeswalker? And like one of them was called was called Deathrite Shaman, and it got banned. And now this one is called Ren and Six, and it will get banned because though that rate is too aggressive. So I think it should probably and, go. But and I do think one thing that's heard Noble Hierarch is just Ignoble Hierarch existing, right? Like the green Yagmoth is the deck that like Ignoble Hierarch is every Yagmoth deck. It's in every Infect deck you could find. If they're playing Noble regular Noble Hierarch, it's rarer. So like that's two of Two of Noble Hierarch's main decks being the the creature based hate card, collected company whatever, uh, birthing pod combo deck, and which have been blue white green something forever, 
or in fact are now neither of them both of them are black green base decks which means that ignoble hierarchy takes over that spot and there's an argument that maybe in fact would have been black green this whole time if the option of ignoble hierarch over regular noble hierarch was available and now that it is it, it has been uh all right next card i've got noble behind path but ahead of sorry behind snap but ahead of path what about you uh, I would put Noble Hierarch above Snapcaster Mage. Okay, so right now it's your top card. Because it's it's colors, right? Like, as soon as a Bant deck that wants creatures in play is good again, because they print a new card that's better than Yagmoth as a creature combo card, or they unbent, you know, like, well, there's, like, 80 reasons that that card could just, like, the tables could turn in that direction. Snapcaster Mage needs, like, more of a defining feature of well, the metagame to change, right? Um, all right, next card, Remand. Oh, this is my heart breaks as we even begin this conversation. Of these of these four cards, this is my favorite. Uh, it's one of my favorite magic cards ever. It's like such a hard card for me to believe, like isn't good anymore. But it is just, we have just so, I mean, okay, okay, wait, wait. Before you jump in, nothing replaced Remand. There's not a Remand that exists now that is better. Like, like that does what Remand does. We don't have a card that does it better than Remand that's like the same. We just have cards that are better versions of the same idea. So Counterspell is a way better card than Remand. Yeah, we have, we have pound for pound better cards. We don't have... This is where I think Remand can come back. If we enter a world where the Cascade decks take over even more so than they have already, Remand gets better, right? Remand is good against the cascade feature of those decks because you stick a, the bad card into their hand after they cascade into it. Um, if there's a reason that, like, yeah, but that, I, I agree. It's sad. I think this was outclassed before Counterspell was printed. I think this has been a Sliding. long time coming. Just like, yeah. I mean, this is what I used to, even when Remand was good, one of the reasons I loved Remand in the decks I was playing was Remand was my easiest sideboard card. Not because it was in my, it was the first card I took out to put sideboard cards in because it was right. good against everyone, but it wasn't great against anyone. It was just yeah. always okay. And as soon as I knew, like, oh, I'm playing against Affinity, Stony Silence is going to be great against them. Let's get rid of Roman and put Stony Silence in. And now I have four, I win cards versus four, I can delay to later cards. Um, yeah. I mean, there's also like, you go back to like the standard that Roman came from, right? You go back to like the, that's like the mid 2000s Dragonstorm standard. And you think about like what the card was intended to do. It was printed into standard and it was supposed to essentially kind of delay the game and keep you alive to be able to hit your land drops and then combo off. And it, that's really where remand is at its best that or like a, you know, a, a, a tempo deck, but like tempo decks don't really want to spend two mana to like not do much of anything anymore. Like you look at like what a Merktide deck does and, everything that it's doing it's like it's going to get like a seven seven on turn three for two mana right and this is this is after like this is probably after doing something else it's like probably after already casting a ragavan or already killing something with like an unholy heat like it it feels like the 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 rate on remand is the biggest problem if remand cost one which would make it insane it would be competitive could they print remand but it loots for one Could they print Remand, but it's red and it rummages for one? <laughs> no, because red can't do that. Is it additional cost of this card? You have to discard a card and then you draw a card. 
additional cost in 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 red. No, but red One can't red. counter target. Okay, so, so hybrid even better. Hybrid red blue. Oh my god! As an additional <laughs> cost to cast this card, discard a card. Return target spell to target player's hand. Draw a card. That printable. <sighs> I would, I would, I would play that card in every deck for the till the end of time. It would make me so happy. I do hate the rummage effect when it comes attached to spells. The, as an additional cost, discard a card. I've always hated that. It always makes the cards seem really cool on the surface, and then they never end up being playable because of it. So I would, I'm, I would, I'm, 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 I'm putting a poll on Twitter right now, and we'll we'll have an answer later on. I would prefer that it was classic loot. If it, I, if you wanted to make this a pushed uncommon. You'd make it. You'd make it hybrid. It would. It would have counter target spell. Return it to his owner's hand. But that's too good. I, I don't. I don't. I think that's too strong. Like I think. I think for a red counter spell to have like for red remand. Uh, There's some other caveat you could put in there. Work. Like the, the rummaging makes it harder to play. Right. Is there like? Could you like? Okay. What if you did this? What if you did this? What if it was same cost as remand? Okay. But it costs one less to cast if you have delirium. One less the cast. So it's so it's it costs two to begin with. Hybrid two. It's it's remand. I think that, I think that card. I like cost then, one then less. We're in the land of like can red by itself have that, but I think that is a totally printable card. I think that card's in some ways. I think that card's worse than remand. Yeah, other, than that, other than it can be cast in red. Yeah, it's probably delirium's a little hard to. Well, eh, I don't know though. The the, the Merc, it's like printed for Merktide, That card. Anyway, I I think uh, the answer to the question though is remand is 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 pretty bad nowadays like it's hard so to the imagine one deck, the one deck remand does see play in still is scape shift is is teamer control variants of scape shift right where that's, that's to, more but, about that's trying to do the dragon storm thing you're just trying to you're just trying to tempo out until you hit your big turn it's the same exact idea and that's yeah, where well, it's always at its best right and the, and the idea there is right right like i'm trying to count to turn four because yeah. if i play my spell rights by turn four if i cast scapeshift i win if i cast scapeshift with two mana up or three mana up i win and roman is a perfect card for that it's great because you don't you can still lean into you know how many mountains you have for valakut to work so you can splash it a little bit more easily and like you're and what's nice about remand in those decks like what remand is great in when you want it is when you're playing a combo deck like that that like folds the counterspell right if i like play scape shift and they counterspell it remand lets you counter your scape shift in response to their counterspell getting your one win condition back and count and stopping them so i do think remand has a home i think it's lower in our rankings i think it's above path to exile but below snapcaster mage and noble hierarch you put it so you put it on your list. It's ahead of path below snap. Yeah, I think I think the decks that a, a combo deck that wants this type of effect is more likely to be a top tier deck than death and taxes decks that like prevent your opponent from shuffling or searching their deck. I put, right, Roman, which, I put Roman lowest on my list. I think it's worse than path right now. Uh, the one place a, that Roman, I think, is, what we have a deviation. Deviation. We've deviated on our ranking. Up to this point, we've been pretty close to the same. No, now we're, yeah, we're, 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 we're mixed up by a card. Uh, the one other place I will say that Remand still is good, um, and this is a unique idea that I think I've talked about on here before. So Magic and Modern has gotten so efficient that there's not a lot of cards that are really good but allow you to benefit much off of a cost reducer. 
a lot of the most playable spells cost one. So if you have like an Electromancer or Baral, some card like that in play, like Stormwood, you don't get a lot of benefit off of playing things that cost, like, you know, Counterspell, you don't get anything off of it. You're not going to get anything off of a Consider or whatever. But Remand's one of the, the few cards that if you snap off the colorless symbol and you play it for one blue, it becomes an insane card. It becomes an absolutely insane monster card. Like, getting to do that for one blue is really, really, really good. Um, and I do think, you know, Storm obviously goes in and out of being a deck, but cost reducers are a thing. Like, they are a thing they continually print, and Remand is one of the best cards you can be playing in a cost reducer deck. It allows your turn three to be just stacked, right? Like it, it allows you you resolve your cost reducer and allows you to like do something good and also hold open remand for one mana, which like, and you know, you're drawing a card off of that. Like there's just not a whole lot of that that exists in modern. So I do think that that's one area where remand is unique and quite good because relevant effects that cost two with a colorless symbol at instant speed, there aren't a ton. Remand might be the best one. You know, Fire yeah, Ice comes to mind. Like That's why I have it higher. Like, I think Path has been outclassed, right? I think there are better cards than Path, and the only feature of Path that is, like, even close to considerable, which almost only just makes it as good as some of these other cards we've mentioned, is having a, a, a Leonard Arbiter in play. And I think, like, Leonard Arbiter is a long way away from being a format-defining deck. Yeah. <laughs> you convinced me. Uh, I moved I, I moved Remand up. Path is last. So, like, like, Remand does such a specific thing that I there's, like, 80 different reasons I can think, like, oh, Remand would be good. And even to a point of just, like, you know what? I have a 59 cards. I can't think of a card to put in right before my tournament. I think you would be fine putting Remand in that slot. For the reason yeah. I said before, right? Like, this is going to be okay always. It's not going to be the best, but I will sideboard it out every game once I know what is best, and it was decent when I had it. Um, yeah. Next card. This one is a much brutaler drop-off than anything we've said before, and it is Dark Confidant. Ugh. There are yeah, five yeah, no, no. total decks on MTG Goldfish that have been posted with it in successfully in a tournament. Yet another days. victim of Renin 6. Card has been eviscerated by Renin Ooh. 6. Uh, what's interesting is what, what sees play instead of this card that gives you this kind of card advantage? Renin 6, I guess. I guess you're getting your lands right. back you're going to affect land back. On Dragon Race Channeler. Uh, Channeler selection. It's not advantage, right? So, uh, Alice Tracker is seeing play now. You have that the Lurus is gone. You have uh, the Kiki Jiki Saga is now seeing more like yeah. as a value engine drop. It's a three drop, but it's still better than Dark Confidant. <laughs> I guess three mana to fairy comes down, draws a card right away. Well, yeah, but, outside of, I mean, like Dark Confidant, if we're honest, has never really seen play out of black red or black green decks right like yeah the the it's it's not like esper was playing dark confidant because like often those decks wanted to play five drops and so i think like and didn't have good ways to get rid of your dark confidant right one of the things that jund always benefited from is like worst case scenario you can bolt your confidant or fatal push it or whatever because you. i do think it's interesting that i do think it's interesting that like the decks that dark confidant used to get played in i guess yeah, Ragavan and Renin Six are, I guess, the two biggest replacements. But in the two drop slot specifically, like it has been replaced by Renin Six. Like that's the biggest difference. If Renin Six was to get banned tomorrow, I think Confidant maybe makes a return. I don't know if it becomes a top tier card again, but it probably makes a return. It is also outclassed by Ragavan. Like the, the idea that Ragavan's going to get you the incremental value. You know, I mean, like 
in the Rakdos midrange deck, which you would think would be the perfect home for it, like Torok is seeing more play, Dwathi Voidwalker is seeing more play, Kroxa is seeing more play, DRC and Raghavan are seeing more play. Season Pyromancer sees more play than Dark Confidant. Like it's almost like too straight. It's too straight of a card. It's too slow. It actually has a drawback that is relevant. Like you don't want to be losing the life. It like there's a lot of options that are just that are just better. And like, yeah, it. I, I think I think that like the newer. Yeah, it's just it's 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 a true relic of the past, which is so funny because like you want to talk about the the dollar value of these cards that we're looking at and like at their at their peak. Like peak Snapcaster was like a hundred dollars. Peak Noble Hierarch was, I think, close to the same. Remand. Uh, I don't think Hi- Hierarch ever got over sixty, but still, like sixty is an insane price. It's twenty five now, but yeah, I think yeah, I think like that. I think it's interesting though. Dark Confidant, as Dark Confidant has fallen out of favor in Modern, it's like fallen in favor in Commander. Oh, interesting. Like CDH, CDH realized that like Dark Confidant is nuts. Because you have, 40, you have 40 playing, life. <laughs> you have 40 life and you're only playing zero and one, two drops anyways. And like people don't really play creature removal. So it's like, it's been interesting to see like it moved into commander and fall out of modern. Uh, I would put Dark Confidant at the bottom. You think it's worse than Path now? Yeah. I don't think so. Um, I think it's held down more by certain cards, but I don't think that if one or two of those cards were to get banned, it would have a strictly better replacement. I think I'd probably put it ahead of Remand behind Hierarch. The fact that the deck that wants to play this card that doesn't have red and six in it because it's red black isn't playing it. Like there's so many things in front of it. But I think the fact that red and six is legal is one of the biggest reasons the card isn't playable. I just think it's a two one that costs two that doesn't get you a card to one. X ones are unplayable in the format. GG is kind of your point. So yeah. Uh, Okay. So friend. Yeah, well, I think, okay, Raghavan's obviously playable because it comes down on turn one and it has dash. Like, you look at a lot of the cards that, you know, come down on turn one, they play, they're on the play and they play their thing, they get you. This comes down on turn two and doesn't do anything for you until turn three. So it doesn't matter if you're on the play or the draw, you still get wrecked by Ren and Six. Like, I think it's just a card that is good, but it is not good against one of the most prominent cards in the format. And it's also been slightly outclassed. But I still think compared to, like, Remand is corner case. And path is 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 old. I I would put Dark Confidant third, but you, but you got it last though. Yeah, I would put it last. I think Path to Exile is more likely to see play. Like I think things could. I I think neither of them are. I I guess I agree with you that Dark Confidant is being held down by Ren and Six pretty significantly. And if Ren and Six were to be banned, which is possible, Dark Confidant could come off. For sure. I mean, I mean that that does get us to the next one, which is I think in the exact same boat, uh, while also having even more better cards in the archetypes it wants to see play and printed, and the cards that were good in the decks it was seeing play and being banned, and that's Young Pyromancer. Oh man, all the two drops. We're like literally sitting here erasing the classic modern two drops. We've already covered really, two of them. only one of the five that is uh, not on the list. We'll be talking about today. My God. Um, Young Pyro, I think, is still totally viable. I want you to know, the it the the decks that it has been found in in Modern over the period of time available is zero. And I believe it is the only card I have listed that that is true of. But so this is a card to me that is like purely held down by Ren and Six. I think if you take Ren and Six out of the format, this card goes back to being a build around because but let me let me say why. And you can tell me if I'm wrong. 
while so there are lots of other ways to, only listeners. <laughs> <laughs> while there are lots of other ways to get card advantage in the one to two drop range for, that replaced our confidant there's lots of other counter spells all the different cards we've talked about here there's a comp or something that's doing it better there's nothing that costs two and comes down and allows you to benefit so greatly off of playing spells when it comes to creating like damage on the board if you're gonna say drc i get it that card's very good it gets to you get to be reactive and lots of I mean, cool stuff drc's on the list i'm gonna say ledger shredder ledger shredder gets bigger on its own but it doesn't create additional one ones that's not draws you don't you just cards. Lighter. what draws you cards it lo- i mean it loots um, no, that's great ledger shredder is a good card but it's 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 distinctly doing a different thing like you, oh, you go back and you look at the you look at the pyromancer well, decks, it, the Kamaru pyromancer decks back in the day, and those are decks that wanted to strip your hand on turn one, play this thing on turn two when you knew that their hand was going to be free, and then on turn three, you just are playing a multitude of things, and you're getting two or three additional bodies every turn from that point forward. Like you just take over the game with inevitability. That doesn't have a comp. There's the that's the best version of that effect. But, that's but cheap like enough. the decks that want to do that are much more benefited by having a five six flyer that drew them two cards and and uh and the other spells of those effects right like like but you know a a prowess spells deck i don't think young pyromancer in the in the red not not blue ones young pyromancer still doesn't see play even with renan's when when around six wasn't around right that's not what those decks are trying to do and in the blue ones you want to play significantly better cards than this that are out now the deck that might want it back is token decks right if you're trying to do a red like what that's what mardu was right mardu was ostensibly a lingering souls young pyromancer faithless looting deck i i think that if you ask me right now hey i'm gonna build like a i'm gonna build like a like a spell trigger make tokens go wide deck in modern What's the card that starts it that makes it possible? And the answer is Young Pyromancer. What's the second card? We don't have a great second option in that slot that gives you redundancy enough for that to feel good. You have the the green Jorel when you play your second spell. You get a 2-2. That card's pretty decent. I'm, it's cool. I'm, not, I'm not saying Young Pyromancer isn't the first card you think of playing in that deck, but I'm questioning if that deck could ever be better than just blue-red spells. I'm playing I think if they print a, a functional reprint of Young Pyromancer and you have and you have two, you have eight of them or now with JRL 12 of them, I think you, you get a deck. I, I Look, I'm not saying that this is... Every card here, so far, the answer has been it's no longer viable in Modern. Every one of these. I could not yeah, make an argument. Why exists, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, some of that's not true. Like, I think Noble Hierarch is not unviable in Modern. It's just a Noble Hierarch is better in the colors that are currently needing that effect. Um, I put Young Pyro after Hierarch before Confidant. I put it third. It's just like like Dragon Rage Channeler, Ragavan, Ledger Shredder, Merc Tide Regent, even stuff like Brazen Borrower. Like just looking at the Merc Tide Regent deck, like is a list of cards that I would play in any versions of that deck over that. I, I think I if mean, you want to go right like something it. that's comparable to the old Mardu decks, the Rakdos mid range decks, which are playing. Dragon Rage Chandler, Ragavan, Dwathi Voidwalker, Kroxa, and Torok, and Season Pyromancer are also. I, I, I think, like, not only does Ren 60 need to be banned, but you need to also ban Fury. You need to ban, like, so many other modern Horizons cards to get Young Pyromancer back. 
Well, I, I'm not I'm not sure if I agree with you, but I'm going to stick to my guns right now. And I'm going to say I put Young Pyromancer third. I think it's too unique of an effect. I think with redundancy, it could make more of a resurgence than you're giving it credit for. Where do you put it? Oh, bo- bottom, bottom. You put it after Confidant? Yeah. You're such a savage. Next card. And this card, I think, like, could come back at, at, at any moment. It's what Dex is in, but it's Prized Amalgam. That's one, you know, one blue, black, three, three, creature, zombie, whenever this creature enters the battlefield and the graveyard, you cast it from your graveyard, return Prized Amalgam from your graveyard to the battlefield, tap at the beginning of your next end step. Uh, it is currently seeing play in 27 decks. 23 of those are just straight up dredge. Four of them are crab divine decks. I think just like one day dredge might be good. Graveyard hate is too good now and different effects are going to hurt it. I do think it's cool like because we haven't talked about this, but uh, do you know that Surveil has become uh, Evergreen? Yeah, I saw that. Evergreen as has Landfall. And so Otherworldly Gaze now says Surveil 3. Yeah, I saw I saw there was there was three or four cards that became much better with everything being uh, with Surveil being uh, evergreen there was a spy spy bug demir spy bug that, that's like an interesting one too whenever you surveil gets up the counter on it yeah i mean th- this is i, I think, I don't think it's modern viable but i think like surveil being better means dredge is going to always be something to look at i think it needs a big shot on the arm um and i think it needs graveyard hate to go away um but i think prized amalgam for like what it's doing in modern if that strategy was to come back in a big way and they wanted a card for its slot there isn't a card that is clearly better and that's still a powerful strategy that I think it's totally reasonable to think that this card, like if you, if you had said to me right now, like it, it you know, how many decks does Prize Amalgamacy plan in modern? I would have guessed more. I, it feels like it's still a good thing you can be doing. Um, so I, I think it's still pretty viable. I guess just it not seeing a lot of play is more of a function of like, I think it's more of a function of the fact that the free spells, the reactive free spells, and it's funny that the way that most of them were designed, or at least the three that see the most play, they've all kind of nuked a lot of older strategies. Like the way that the way that like Fury has essentially made it so that like every X1 based deck no longer gets to do its cool thing. It just gets invalidated by one free spell your opponent has. So you just can't really run the risk. And you 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 can't wait for your opponent to tap out to combo off on a creature deck anymore because solitude exists. So like you just know that you can get caught. And then the same can be said for every single graveyard deck where endurance is just available. And like if they're tapped out, it doesn't matter. They don't need to hold open the one mana. They don't need to have the artifact on the table. Like it's just out. And I think it's made the, it's made the sort of sequencing of like what dredge is doing, for instance, which is, an unfair thing it's it's stringing together all of these unfair effects to completely take over the game all the hard work you do to take advantage of those unfair triggers becomes immediately invalidated if your opponent's like yeah i'll just like flash in this endurance for nothing i've already built my board your whole game plan just got nuked so now the two cards i have left are going to beat you because you have nothing left like that's what it feels like like i think like phoenix has a better chance than prize malgram to be good again right like it's hard because of that or, or even like like Vengevine in Hollow One decks, right? Where it's it's more like my game plan. The turn I get all the stuff into play happens all at once. Like I'm not like building my graveyard at, up to benefit from it. It's I do a bunch of things and those things come into play for my graveyard. Still weak to endurance, but in that situation, you're 
like keep it in you're keeping your hand full and you're able to be resistant to it i do love the hollow vine or the the crab vine decks that that are popping up and have won a few five o's and those can benefit in a similar way but are able to also just like play to the board because a four mana four three if your opponent has been like endurancing you is fine it's like it's the old like cast arc light phoenix plan Sometimes a three-two like, haste flyer is good enough. Uh, the Malgum, I think with the Malgum, the the biggest concern is like so. There are some there are some types of cards in modern I think that will get banned. I, I'm I'm pretty sure Ren and Six will get banned eventually. I think it seems likely. It it that feels like it's on the horizon and and probably Ragavan will too. I think those are those are both pretty good bets. But I don't think endurance is ever getting banned. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think endurance right. is going to be a card that's available and legal forever, and that means that. It just means that modern has functionally changed. It's fundamentally shifted, and there are just some things that are just not as good as they used to be. So I can't say that Prize Amalgam will ever be... I couldn't put it atop this list because I don't think it has the chance. I'd probably put it right in the middle of my my picks. I'd go like probably because I still have an uh, apparently unrealistic and unreasonable amount of faith in Pyromancer. I'd probably put it behind Pyromancer but ahead of Confidant right in the middle. I would, I would put it ahead of... Uh, I would probably put it in my... So what are, what are the... I would put it above path i would put it above right now your list goes hierarch snap remand path confidant pyromancer i would put it above remand you put it third yeah i mean dredge has seen a a chunk of play like i don't think that deck is gone and i think like also as far as like cards being printed like i don't think golgari grave troll is ever gonna be unbanned but the moment that like another hogak graveyard enabler is printed which will happen one day probably is in that deck doing doing powerful things. Right, right, right. All right. You wanna you want another uh kick in the butt? Is this an Alex Kessler favorite? Are we talking Goy? For no, are we talking something no, else. This is collected company. Oh, this one hurts. One of my favorite cards of all time. Part of it is it's you know, Yagamoth being the main thing that Yagamoth decks are looking for, collected company becomes a lot harder to play in that. Elves just being totally wiped off the map by fury and like on its own and ren and six alongside of it just makes it like i actually could see fury being banned of of the elementals before other ones just because it's so oppressive to these types of strategies um like it it, currently the decks that it's seeing play in in modern abzan elves slivers light selesnia life gain so soul sisters golgari elves and Bant Collected Company. Bant Collected Company being the deck that has the highest chance of just like, maybe it's good again. Like it plays with really powerful cards. And right now we're dealing with a world where, um, you know, these types of decks are in flux. And with Yorion gone, maybe a value engine version of Collected Company is uh, a possible option. And like the time warp combo version of it uh, was, is, is definitely a feasible thing you can do. But on the other hand, Feels like to me, Collected Company, it's worse than ever in the way that it costs four mana because it's a lot to spend on something that you can get one for one countered. And I think the format's pretty aggressive now. So I think getting like, there's a million different ways for you to just get like hosed on that. Like just even just getting counterspelled, just like two mana for four mana is a bad deal. That being said, I also think what you get out of Collected Company is pretty good compared to a lot of the things people have started doing. So what you're getting out of Collective Company, six mana and creatures, probably doesn't get wrecked by Fury. 
Fury prob Fury maybe one for ones one of those creatures, but I don't think it's wiping out both. Which means they're two for oneing themselves to get rid of one of your cards. Like that's fine. Like do what you want. That's like, and that's the same idea with Solitude. It's it's going to be a one for one on half of what you got from the spell. So I think there's that th that's interesting to me. Like it's it's value proposition compared to a lot of what people are doing now. But I do think it costing what it costs makes it kind of worse than ever in some ways. Um, right. I think I think like time warp decks are about to be the best they've ever been, and I think that the deck that right now collective company is seeing the most playing is a time warp deck, which I think is really interesting. I think that the fact that it does play well with endurance, right? Like it, I think like I think one of the things that has hurt it is it plays badly with solitude, right? Like you don't want too many solitude like effects or furies. Like if you're playing a Naya version of it, those cards don't work with it. It doesn't work in Yagmoth decks because you can't hit your Yagmoth off of it. Um, like because the best version of that style of deck is currently a deck that's, you know, one of its combo pieces doesn't hit collective company versus before when you could hit all of your pieces with the collective company. So you could just, oops, I win on your opponent's end step does hurt its power level, but that's, I think collective company is ta higher for me on this list of like, what can make a comeback? Um, probably at the top with, you have with, a number one. What's my number one right now? Hierarch. What's my number two? Snap. I would have it above Snap below Hierarch. Wow. Okay. I think Collective I think company. I think if Noble Hierarch is good, Collective Company is probably also good in that deck. I think they really like each other. I don't think that if Noble Hierarch is good, that necessarily means Collective Company is good, right? I put it fourth behind Young Pyromancer, below Prized Amalgam. All right, all right. Here's here's when I posted this on Twitter. The number one response and the one I'm going to argue against, uh, Tarmogoyf. Yeah, you're the biggest Goyf stand that exists. There's no question. You've been you've been I thinking. I don't think I'm the biggest Goyf stand that exists. I just think when people say Goyf is wrong, bad, they've been proven wrong every time. <laughs> Tarmogoyf is still viable. This card's not actually dead. This card is this card is at like at its rate. There's a couple reasons. Number one, the fact that it references both graveyards is one of its most defining features in the current meta. Like everything we just talked about with with graveyard hate being where it's at and the way it all works. Goyf gets to sidestep that and does not get nuked by one graveyard, which is very important. It doesn't really get outclassed by a lot of things like at the, at the two drop slot. Like its raid is still very good. It's still going to be a four or five for two most of the time in modern without really trying, which find me another four or five for two. That's just like easy that you don't have to like jump through a hoop to do. So I think that makes it quite good. It'll still be like any deck that plays green that wants to curve into a threat. It'll always be a consideration. It's not, there's not a reason we aren't playing Termogoyf. There's just other decks right now that I think are better and more powerful. Well, so that's where I disagree, disagree to an extent. I actually think John, like, I know I won't, I'm, I've been a hype on John, I'm a John player, but, you know, last week we had um, Mason on, and, and, like, who was one of the premier players of four-color Yorion, right? And, and, and his statement basically was, with Yorion going away, their, their best matchup, which was the other fair value decks, are the ones that were being the most oppressed by that deck being around. And 
Jund with the inclusion of both it being one of the few decks that now gets a companion that's good. It gets the it, it's the Gigantha deck that benefits from it. It is also, you know, we've been talking about Renin Six. It is the premier Renin Six deck. It also has gotten pow- more powerful cards like Soul of Windgrace and um, the the enchantment uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, right? The Kiki Jiki enchantment. Like it's seeing a lot of play and pretty much putting up pretty decent results. It already, if you look at the like most played decks in the format for the last 30 days or whatever it was in the top 20 it i believe for the last seven days let's see that where does it fall there it was higher there in the top 15 and so like i do think as far as decks go that deck is getting better and better and jund you know and tarmogoyf is important to that deck if that doesn't end up being the best value deck and people over time figure out a better one, Tarmogoyf falls farther down the list. But I, I still think Tarmogoyf is the best out. Like, it, all the other cards we've talked about today, I feel like have been outclassed by something. Either their entire archetype around them is no longer viable, or there are just better cards for the same mana cost than the, what that is doing in those colors, even if not this, the strategies that they were playing. Like, that's not why. Like, Tarmogoyf is still four of in the decks that it's seeing play in. Just those decks are fair decks, and they were previously not very well positioned in the metagame. You know, I just had a, I had the funniest memory just now, and it's such a boomer. This is It's fitting for us being a boomer podcast right now. Um, I remember in the summer of 2006, I was working a retail job, and I was, like, playing Magic in Seattle, and I was, like, you know, going to tournaments and stuff. And I was trying to like build a deck like in my head, right? But I didn't have a smartphone yet in 2006. I didn't own one. I got my first iPhone in 2007. And I remember using receipt tape in my retail job and writing out my deck list idea on receipt tape by hand during work. And I would like just come up with whatever ideas. And I, I like remember like writing down Tarmogoyf on my list and like, you know, like four Tarmogoyf, like four X Tarmogoyf and like, I didn't have them because I traded them away. I've told the story before, but I just, it's so funny thinking back like 2006. <laughs> that was so long ago. <laughs> Tarmogoyf's been good since 2006. Crazy. Card's never not been good. So I put it number one. I'm assuming you put it number one as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I, I think there's, I mean, like this was the number one card people brought up and I think they're wrong. Right. I, I think like this is actually just a staple in modern still. Uh, it's not, what it was right i think that's where the differentiation right it like it's how the literally ristic study who i definitely recommend checking his channel out just released a video and like he was even mentioning you know the the, the fall of the king like it used to be the best creature in magic and it is now a decent creature in modern that is good in a strategy that's not the best strategy in the format and so that's where it's fallen to which is far from where it was next card this one will hurt you a little bit. And this one I definitely think has fallen, I think, just off the map. If it's your superior, you can just you can just stop right now. Crypt cryptic demand. Cryptic command. Uh oh god. Archmage's charm has just like invalidated this card. It's like counterspell. I think I think like the fact that it's not seeing play or a lot of play in the like bant control time warp combo decks. I think cryptic was always I think cryptic was always precarious and modern. Like yeah. it was always a card that was like, wow, like we're the good decks are really playing like three of this like four drop. 
it's like seems so obvious when you have it but that was also in the day of like you know in in the days of snapcaster being a big deal and when you can hold open snapcaster to drop as like your thing that or cryptic it's very if, if snapcaster stops seeing play then it really means cryptic command is not far behind because four mana like we just talked about with collected company it's just too much you could just so easily get one for one and take such a bad loss the best decks aren't playing things that cost four really or if they are they're playing them for extremely specific reasons there's just not a whole lot of reasons to play cryptic anymore i feel like in this modern cryptic is it's not doing something that is unique enough anymore where i feel like it even like i think cryptic might be the worst card on this whole list maybe it's better than path i guess but i i feel like for me no, I'm I think you're right. Third to last, I I think yeah. I I think I I think I would say it's better than Path because Path like has just been one for one outclassed. Cryptic is like still a card. It's just it's just not doing like even Remand. No, no, like it, it it hasn't been outclassed in the same way that Path is. Is that the exact analogous card is better? There are better versions of it, right? But like Counterspell, Force and Negate, the amount of Counterspells, Archmage yeah. Charm, some of the 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 charms out of even. Uh, uh, yeah, know, kinda, like yeah. The, there's just so many fire and ice. Like I've there, I've seen Venser shit, like the original four mana creature Venser, more commonly in lists going. Prismari command sees a lot of play now. Like Prismari command, like there's so many better value spells like this that are out there that are easier to cast. Like the one place I see this is in like eternal witness time warp decks might play one just because you can rebuy the eternal witness game plan with it which is like you can double fog even right. then in those decks which is at its best i like don't even think it's the best card to be playing so it like do you put it so, so so your bottom four here is remand path confidant pyromancer where do you put it uh i would put this below pyro so it's the worst for you. Yeah, I agree. I put path worst. Our lists are pretty different, actually. Next card. And this card is less the card itself uh, and more the archetype, which is Elvish Archdruid. This is just a pure, like, it's a pure victim of fury. Nothing else we've talked about. Nothing else. There's not a single other card in modern that has actually made elves invalid. Like even, even Ren and Six, like just going one for one against an elf, who cares? It's just purely a result of the fact that there's a free card designed to wipe out small creature decks that have to go wide. And they don't get to like, they don't get to like make tokens. They have to actually go wide. It's not like a young Pyromancer deck where like, if I make a bunch of tokens, like Fury will just like wreck me, but I got lots of value. This is purely like I'm casting those cards and drawing cards off of them. And I think if they were to ban Fury, Elves would come right back. So I still have this card pretty high. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I agree with you. I think Plague Engineer did a lot of work before Fury was printed, right? I think like both of those cards did. And if like Fury goes away, Plague Engineer comes back as a major sideboard card in the format. Uh, and I think that like in both cases. But, like, I mean, this is why I've argued that they should just unban Punishing Fire, because I actually think, like, Punishing Fire is less damaging to the format than Fury is, and I think it would, like, maybe not even see play. Right. <laughs> and it's just, like, people are like, yeah, but it'll hate on creature decks. I'm like, there are none left. And the ones that are left are resistant to Punishing Fire 
as resistant as they are to to fury and the ones that and what what punishing fire would be good against ragavan right or like is maybe good for the format so it's like actually uh, that that's, it's a pretty it's a pretty hilarious banning that that still exists it seems so slow and clunky compared to what modern is now i know it would make good decks better right like it, like you have to think you have to think of the, the four color decks that like are oh, but those, already who knows if those are four color anymore yeah. and and, and like it's, you can't play it in any of the cascade decks those decks are mm-hmm. weird because they don't necessarily want to play with the land that goes with it I, I think it's like a more viable option than people give it credit for yeah. what do you put but, 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 but back to elves archdruid yeah elves elves as a deck I, I i like the thing with elves though and maybe i'm wrong because i maybe would have said this three months ago about merfolk and now merfolk is a top 15 deck in the format like i don't uh, like what card could they print to make elves viable in modern? Just like, um, I mean, like Wildwood symbiote, maybe, like something like yeah, that. Yeah, or or if there was like, if they printed an elf that was like a one-one rare elf, like elvish protector, and it was like elves, elves have elves you control have protection from the color of your choice, or like or or, or like counter, maybe counter, just a counter counter target spell that like yeah i guess that's better like like a, a protection well, you control a protection from red color. maybe like no but it's a, it's an alex specific i think like i think almost you want like counter target spell that targets an elf you control or like something like that or like right which is not really green but like you know i i I agree that that's a, an elvish or a, a, a mom for elves is basically or, the or, thing or, that, or, 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 or like an elf hate bear that's like Players cannot spend zero mana to cast spells or something like that. You know, like some yeah, some yeah, something yeah. like that. Like they like some 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 hate card like that would protect the elf deck. I, I put so I look at this list. And what, I about put just, what about just like a chalice on elf? Like a green XX chalice. And so what? Like it would it would cost one green and then things that cost zero, but that doesn't work. Fury still costs five. You're just you're alternate costing it. Well, sure. I guess that just card's really good in the format. It, like, fights all the decks that... Well, but it, like, wrecks Cascade decks, I guess. Yeah, I guess that Fury. Fury's the biggest reason. So I put I put Archdruid uh, on my list. It goes Tarmogoyf, Snap, Hierarch, Archdruid. I put it fourth. Your list currently goes Goyf, Hierarch, Company, Snap. Amalgam, Remand. I think Elvish Archdruid is better than Snapcaster. So you put it behind Collected Company. Once again, collect a company. If elves is good, collect a company is good, right? Like those come together. Right, right, Most right, of the right, decks right. that collect a company showed up on more elf decks, but collect a company could be good in a bunch of other decks. I guess I would put it under Snapcaster Mage. I think Snapcaster Mage is currently decent in Blood Moon decks or whatever. So I think Elvish Archdruid is under that, but it's it's close okay. to Snapcaster Mage. So you put it almost dead center. All right. Next card, unbanned in modern. Talking about Jund, Bloodbraid Elf. Now, does see a little bit of play in some of the Cascade decks? Does see a little bit of play in the Domain Zoo decks that are going around? Does see a little bit of play in that in a rural mid-range deck that I hadn't heard of until clicking on this deck, which is basically just the red-black version of the Jun deck we mentioned, and uh, worse. <laughs> I think there's a million cards in this slot now that are like, good. I don't think this card's good anymore. I think I think I think the cascade thing is the coolest thing it does. I think that's the most interesting thing. Like 
the fact that it can play into a powerful archetype that is playing unfair magic is really good. But I don't think it's actually otherwise good. I think they're so... Well, I just think if you spend four mana, like if I was to pull up a list right now and be like, what are the best four mana green and red spells in modern? Like, what are the things you can be doing that cost you four hard? Not necessarily in the strategy, but like what costs four? I think Bloodbraid Elf is so far down that list that it's like, why am I playing a deck that wants to hard cast this creature for four that has a random factor when I could be doing any like there's so much good stuff now Four is is a lot of mana for for a creature. I think, this, I think this is in some ways one of the cards that hurts hurts John or uh, the Omnath the 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 Yorion ban hurt the most because the main place Bloodbraid Elf was being seen play was like Yorion Cascade decks, and it was just because you run out of Cascade cards when you have to go to eighty cards, and sometimes they found some ways around that, or sometimes they just played Bloodbraid Elf and they hope they cascaded into their three drop cascade spell before they hit their four drop their 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 regular three drops right and but then even i think then it wasn't seeing a lot of play yeah i agree i I don't i think this is i think bloodbraid elf is better than because it is seeing some amount of play i think it's better than young pyromancer i think it's better than dark confidant like i think i i I would imagine a jun deck playing bloodbraid elf before i saw it playing dark confidant so I have this and third to the bottom. My my worst is Path. My second to worst is Cryptic. My third to worst is Blood Raid. Currently, your okay. bottom four goes Cryptic, Pyro, Confidant, Path. I'd say this is better than Path. How about Remand? Uh, worse than Remand. So you put if it. someone was to play Remand and someone was to play Blood Braid Elf and they were to argue with me why they were doing those things, I imagine the Remand player winning that argument or like having good reasons for it and the Bloodbraid Elf player being a little bit more nostalgic for the card that they have and they're actually being better cards like Soul Yes, or Ag- agreed. It feels like it feels like it's a nostalgia decision more than like, anything Like else. the argument that it's decent, fine. And like that's totally fine a reason to play a card in a tournament. But the fact that it's the best possible option for that slot is unlikely versus Remand, which like we came up with a few... Like I think Remand is the best possible counterspell you could be playing in Scapeshift, right? I think it is, it, or second best, but you should be playing it and counterspell because the ability for you to use it to protect your Scapeshift from other counter magic is a super viable reason to play it. Yeah, right off is just a good three-two <laughs> that attacks. So okay, yeah, I think I think I I, I put it fifth, uh, third from the bottom. You put it fifth from the bottom. Yep. Um. All right, second to last card on my list. Grizzlebrand. Oh. It's an interesting one. Current main decks that he's play, Neo Brand lists. It uh some glimpse combo deck lists are playing it, but not most of them. Not the main one. My gut tells me that this card not being good is a function of graveyard hate, which isn't going anywhere anytime soon. However, there will continue to be things printed over the years that cheat creatures into play, whether whether from your graveyard or from your hand, it'll continue to happen. And the cost on this card on its face is not so prohibitive. It's not Emrakul. Cost eight. It's expensive. I would never want to hard cast this card, but I could hard cast this card. And the fact that it goes infinite with the newer Shieldred, it just like if you get them both in play, you just win the game. 
Um, well, actually, it doesn't go infinite because you run out of cards, but it gains you a whole bunch of life. You gain you all the like those two cards and Thassa's Oracle and Mach two, two demons right? and you draw, you know, your whole deck. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's interesting. I, it, it's, it is weird. Like, because, because there isn't something that is obviously better. Now the, the one card, uh, Archon of cruelty, right? That's the card that gets cheated into play in the, uh, uh, indomitable creativity decks right they create i think the creativity decks put um the archon into play if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah and right. that's the that's the like win con good card I think, there i think the i think the archon has outclassed Grizzlebrand as far as the best value thing to reanimate right like you no longer like but i mean like Grizzlebrand's best deck in this still exists and like this this feels the most of the decks we've talked about that uh has the same vibes of like amulet titan did before everyone realized it was good or lantern control which is the neo brand decks if you compare archon to Grizzlebrand, it's a joke it's a, it's, a, it's a silly comparison the idea that the idea that people convince themselves that archon is better is so nuts but it also it's it's that deck what that well, deck wants to be doing the advantage it wants to create it's drawing a whole lot of cards and paying a lot of life when you don't have a lot of life doesn't win you the game necessarily like the cost so, of group brands are high right allosaurus right not allosaurus right uh, uh archon comes into play with value hurting your opponent your if your opponent gets rid of it you've already you're already way ahead of them for the yeah. effort that you did to put that in the play versus what they have to do to get rid of it or you have a massive threat that they have to deal with with Grizzlebrand, you have to be doing the thing or your deck doesn't do anything and you have a pretty big liability that maybe drew you seven cards but also put you probably into the red zone but i do think my, my point was saying before the neo brand deck is a real deck right like the the wizards prints the right type of card that maybe gives you protection to your combo that the deck currently doesn't have or it gets a few more blue cards so it can play force negation more reliably or you know what our subtlety or like whatever it needs to be able to make this deck work like this is still a turn two i win the game deck that exists in modern and i don't think that has gone away as a viable strategy i do think that it is a little gas candy but that's like the what they could do they literally could just print another allosaurus rider if they print another i get a free seven drop into play somehow and it gets to stay in play, I get to now neoform it into Grizzlebrand. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of I think that's kind of my point is like the we, we've said this for years and years, but like I one of the things that I always try to look at when I establish power level or cost or predictive ability of if a card's gonna be good or not is like it's always like what's the comp and what else is doing this thing? If it's some if something else does this thing better, or like if this thing was to become viable, there would be something else I'd play instead of it, then that's that that invalidates the card right away. The reason I'm so much higher than you on Young Pyromancer is the same reason I'm pretty high on Grizzleband, which is like, there's a deck that already exists that isn't played right now. There's also other decks that could take advantage of this effect, and there's nothing like Grizzlebrand. It's there, it is a unique card that is extremely well, powerful. That's legal in any format. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on its own, like what it does is extremely good. So I feel like I would I would say Gristlebrand for me when I look at my list of cards here, Tarmogoyf is better because Tarmogoyf is an evergreen card that's good still now in all decks and like sort of will always be good. Like it doesn't require a lot. So it's clearly the one for me. 
Snap is really cool, and there are decks that can take advantage of Snap, and I think for me it's quite good, but its upside is nowhere near as high as the upside of Bristlebrand. I put Bristlebrand number two for me behind Goyf. Yeah, I think, I think um, what are my top four? Goyf, Hierarch, Company, Snap. I think this is better than, I think it's better than Snap. So you put Company higher. I think the chances that a company deck is bad, is good again is way higher than a Grizzlebrand deck is good. Do I think Grizzlebrand could win a tournament? Sure. Do I think Wizards could print a card that breaks Grizzlebrand? Yes. Do I think if Grizzlebrand becomes a card that is a top-tier deck in the format, that deck survives a banning announcement, I think is also very low, right? Like, I think if yeah. Neobrand becomes a good deck in Modern to the extent that it is more than 10% of the metagame, that goes away. I think if a collected company deck goes there, that's what Wizards wants. Wizards wants a collected company deck to be 10% of the metagame. That would be a win for them if they could figure yeah. out a way to do that. I think they I think like if there's someone at Wizards being like, how do we make modern better right now? I think there's a flag in my head that hope is like, how do we make collected company more viable? <laughs> I would agree. I, I would agree completely, yeah. And Grizzlebrand is oops, we made Grizzlebrand more viable. <laughs> Who thought that printing sneak attack into modern would have done that? Because yeah, right. uh, there's other decks that we have, like the Gr Grizzlebrand has been good in four styles of decks, right? They're all cheated into play. Right now, we talked about this one, but there's the Grizzlebrand decks, right? Where it's yep. it's the Brigamos, Goryo Vengeance based decks. There's also Nourishing Shoal, Goryo's Vengeance Reanimator decks. All three of those could get a piece to make Grizzlebrand viable again, where currently he is not. And and like the only reason one of those decks isn't viable is because Faithless Looting was banned. If they reprinted Faith, if they a Faithless Looting variant or something that does something similar for these styles of decks was printed, decks viable again. Quick question for you before we, we get to the last card because I, I'm curious and I actually think that perhaps for the sake of our TikTok, which you guys didn't know, uh, and if you're curious, we actually have a TikTok. It's uh, it's awesome. We have an awesome awesome dude named Renee that works with us who was on the show a couple weeks ago. You guys got to meet and hear and talk to a bit. Uh, and he's doing an awesome job. I mean, like we're posting tons of clips from the show, so go check it out. Uh, the question I have for you really fast that I would love to know the answer before we move on to the last card here is where is on your scale of one to 10 faithless looting in terms of viability to be unbanned? Like well, we've talked about this in the past, but today, right now, with Yorion's banning, how close to a 10 out of 10 do you think it should be unbanned? It's the line. I think it and Birthing Pod are the line. I mean, I think Birthing Pod and it are both probably... I think Faithless Looting being unbanned offers more fun to the format than it being banned. I think some of those strategies are going to be very good. I think it is a very, very, very powerful card. I think that it makes graveyard decks really strong. We've just talked about how with Endurance in the format, graveyard decks are already, and that doesn't even count Unlicensed Hurst, doesn't count the fact that every deck can run Urza Saga to find any amount of graveyard hate they could ever want. I think that like with that in mind... Faithless looting is the top of the line of able to come back versus birthing pod sadly being below the line. Um, this is, I mean, this is something I've been like talking about a lot, right? I think, I think with the modern horizon set power levels, and we could maybe even do a whole episode about this. Cause I know you and Michael did one earlier and Michael is way more conservative than I am in general amongst this type of things but i yeah. think with the power level of the modern horizon sets there are a lot of cards that are currently banned that can come off i think like the artifact lands are an easy one i think 
talked about punishing fire earlier. I think faithless looting is a really interesting conversation because I think graveyard decks right now are being, as we've mentioned, very abused in the format and faithless looting brings those back and brings back interesting strategies. There's strategies we talked about, like if, if faithless looting were to come back, I will take back everything I said about young pyromancer, right? Like You're there's damn right you will. <laughs> but with the band, then Blizzard's not printing something like it in a while. I don't, I don't know. So I, I think that by unbanning it, which is the reason I think Wizards banned it, you are opening the door for other cards to break the format more often. I don't think those cards exist right now, other than Nate. I don't think those cards exist right now, actually, period. But it does open up more abusive strategies to being good in the format. But I also think it makes the format more diverse. I think there's a whole chunk of decks and styles of decks that are currently just being, have been metagamed into just the Cascade style decks. I think all of the styles of play that Faithless Looting have been replaced by Cascade, and I think Cascade is way more boring than putting cards into your graveyard from your hand and playing without with, from that strategy. And I also think there's a lot more viable options to fight against it, right? Like Cascade has so little, so it's highly little highly specific. Right, you have to be playing very specific cards to fight against it that are generally not that good and are also all for the most part kind of unfun. Right, endurance is a fun card in the way that it interacts with stuff. Uh, as problematic as it for graveyard, I think like the like shuffling your deck back into your deck is actually a cool way to have done that effect. Unlicensed hearse is a very fun card. Yeah, Urza's Saga finding graveyard hate is a fun mechanic. Uh, me having chalice on zero sucks. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and any and so, of the specific answers, yeah, remand obviously, or like any of the weird cards they printed over the years, like double negative or something. It's just like, come on, like, nobody wants to play they're, those they're, cards. they're not versatile, right? There's very few versatile yeah. ways to fight Cascade, and so I think like uh, often I think people get in the weeds on like how what's the power level? Is the power level too high for the format? When I think the real question is like are the library of strategies that unbanning this card would bring to the format be more fun? And I think that having Phoenix, Dredge, Young Pyromancer decks, or Pyromancer decks, Storm, um, and Grizzlebrand decks, or Grizzlebrand decks, all getting a bump up, is all they're all like degenerate decks, right? Like I just listed four decks, and if that was the best deck in the format, it would maybe be a problem. But I think all of them are cooler than Cascade is. <laughs> or yeah. like four different variants of Cascade. Um, I don't know. I, and Birthing Pod, the reason I fall kind of on the other side is I think that like the gameplay pattern of Birthing Pod is repetitive. It has the Luris problem. Uh, right. And then also the fact that I, I actually think everyone's like, oh no, they printed that two drop artifact creature that makes Birthing Pod decks a, if you have Birthing Pod in a one drop, you automatically win the game glass cannon deck. I think that's actually less problematic to me. Like, uh, there's a reason that the best Birthing Pod deck, when Birthing Pod got banned, which was when Birthing Pod was competing with Treasure Cruise as a card, yeah. being the best card in the format, and Birthing Pod was better than it in many like arguments to be made. That deck removed the combo. It was just Sage Rhinos. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and that was its end game. It just was like a great toolbox value engine. So, like, the, the redundancy of that strategy is more powerful to me than the glass cannon combo strategy. But regardless, I think, like, I get the argument against it as much as I think Birthing Pod is one of the most fun cards in the game. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question on where I feel on Faithless Looting. I think, like, I, we could do an entire episode about this. But, you, I mean, uh, I, I asked you about Faithless Looting and you spent half the time talking about Birthing Pod, which is endemic of your of your style. But 
no, not half. <laughs> Come on, go back. No, but, we'll rewatch. Comment below. Timing difference. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll swing back around. All right, what's your last card? So we can we last can card is Liliana of the Veil. Uh, uh, I mean, this is still a good card, right? So it is seeing decent play. Uh, the problem with it in Jun Saga decks is that Gigantha makes it so you can't play Liliana of the Veil, uh, which is why currently I want Gigantha to go away. Totally reasonable reason. <laughs> uh, it sees play in the mid Rakdos mid-range decks. It sees play in Jun. It definitely is just, it is no longer what Tarmogoyf is in Jun, right? And it, its power level in the format is a little wonky. Now with Yorion gone, Liliana is better. And so it's going to be interesting to see how much better she does in the next three months. Um, and she does offer individual small pieces of strategies, the stuff that wants to do self-discard and eight-rack decks, etc. But it, it is a much weaker card than she used to be. While Edict effects may also become better moving forward. That That's the other piece, right? If the Indomitable Cruelty decks get better, being able to remove that one threat that they were able to build is maybe worth it, right? The more wide range, the more things are put into play, the harder it is that Liliana to do well. But if decks are like trying to go deep on a single Murktide regent, Liliana gets better. Um, In the old days, we used to talk about um, years ago, like five years ago, four years ago, we would talk about how a three drop that comes down that doesn't do anything when it comes down is the like lowest, it's like the lowest ranked thing of like something that's good. And Liliana is one step above that, right? Because it does something that Turner comes down. So, if a three drop like a tireless tracker or, you know, something of that ilk, uh, Knight of the Reliquary, for instance, which got completely classed out, if that's the lowest, Liliana was always the step above that, which is it's a three drop that comes down that does something right away. And for a lot of years in modern, you could get away with doing that because it held enough value and it was sort of uh, it, it was sort of inevitable enough that it was a good thing. When you look at what we've talked about tonight on the show, every single card we've mentioned and talked about the reasons these cards are outclassed, there's a common theme amongst them. And it's that they either are played for free, they cost one, or they cost two. Every single card. DRC, uh, Merc Tide is essentially cast for two, Renan Six, Voidwalker, Raghavan. It's all zeros, ones, and twos. So I think it's it should be pretty clear why Liliana's not as good as it used to be because it is not on the scale. And it was never on the scale of one and two drops. It's just that zero, one, and two drops have become so much better than they used to be. Liliana feels a step slower, and it is. It's a turn slower than the things that people are doing and winning with right now. Um, I still think Liliana does a really good thing for its cost. I like still think it is, if you can construct your deck in such a way, and by the way, your deck gets to play a lot of those powerful one and two drops, which is one of the reasons it's good. You get to play Renan Six, you get to play Raghavan, you get to play Thoughtseize, like, you get to play Voidwalker. Most of those cards are your one and two drops. Liliana gets to cap you off. And if you can get to three, it's really good. But in terms of top three Planeswalker all time, one of Modern's best cards, which is like what it used to be five years ago, you know, I'd probably put Lily on my list here, like ahead of Young Pyromancer, below Elvish Archdruid. Nah. You have, you have that way higher. Yeah, yeah. I have it. I probably have it above Collective Company. Yeah, I go. I, my list goes Goyf, Gristlebrand, Snap, Hierarch, then Liliana. That's I put it fifth. Uh, uh, where did we put? What was the last card? One before this? Uh, the last card we did right before this was Gristlebrand. So your list right now, because this is the last card. Where did I put Gristlebrand? 
you put Gristlebrand fourth. I'm going to read you your list right now because this is the last card. This is your list. You tell me, and I'll go a little slow in case you want to adjust on the fly. Your list goes like this. Tarmogoyf one. Hierarch two. Liliana three. Collected Company four. Gristlebrand five. Snapcaster six. Archdruid seven. Amalgam eight. Remand nine. Bloodbraid 10, Path 11, Confidant 12, Pyromancer 13, and Crypto Command 14. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. I'm happy with that. So that's Alex's final. Mine I goes. Think, like, you could maybe argue Collected Company over Liliana. That's like the only one I'm a little suspect on my list, but I'm also going to stick to my Liliana fandom club. And uh, My final list goes Tarmogoyf 1, Bristlebrand 2, Snapcaster 3. Hierarch 4, Liliana 5, Archdruid 6, Pyromancer 7, Collected Company 8, Prized Amalgam 9, Confidant 10, Remand 11, Bloodbraid 12, Cryptic Command 13, Path to Exile 14. Do you feel comfortable with that ranking? He's obviously one that you think I should change. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, mean, I, I think my list is correct, uh, objectively, right? So I think the more your list is not my list, the more wrong it is. But do you, as you think that you would change it now? Yeah, I'll change it and, slightly. And, so the, and for the record, it, this is the moment that we would like all of you in the audience to hit that like and subscribe button, but also comment your list. I want to hear what you think your how would you rank these cards is most likely to make a comeback in modern or most viable currently in modern to the bottom, which is least likely to ever be good in modern again. I moved one spot. Everything else was correct. I, I moved young pyromancer down one spot, put collected company ahead of it. That's the only okay. thing I changed. Okay. So, okay. so collected company became number seven. Pyromancer became number eight. Otherwise I think I'm correct. Gristlebrand might be high. I just, I still believe that card is powerful. So, um, I mean, the card i think we have what what is what is the greatest is the greatest disparity young pyromancer uh yeah i think so i've got you got young pyromancer second to last and i've got young pyromancer like looks like five slots ahead of you yeah that's about it i think that's that's pretty much the biggest i mean you know gristlebrand we're off by three otherwise it's 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 pretty close in the bottom the bottom part uh how do you how do you feel how do you feel that the the world looks like this that that so many of these beloved cards i think i think one thing i will say is that we kind of talked through a lot of these cards probably being viable in some way again but i think there's i think the bottom five i'm hard on like yeah ever being good again there's a long road for a lot of these cards to be good again I think I think it's indicative of of like really probably two major things. And I think the 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 biggest of those two, number one is that like magic's a game, it's constantly evolving and it'll never be it'll it, you'll, it like whatever you thought was good or whatever you liked at one time will always change. It's impossible to avoid that. It, that's they couldn't be designing good cool new cards if, you know, it wasn't going to change. I think the bigger thing is like when you think about magic pre COVID, like when you and I were in the 2019 still doing, you know, the podcast in person and we, before we had switched to, to uh, digital and like in the, the pre horizons era, like, you know, I think we horizons came out like that year, maybe. Um, 
it just feels like magic has changed drastically in the last three years and specifically modern has changed very drastically. Like I look at this and I'm like, this is most of what's on here represents like the old world, like what you and I were talking about when we started this podcast. Like this that is was, like the first. The, that's the plot of the episode. Yeah. It's like most <laughs> of the first three or four, most of the three or four years, this was the dominant stuff that was good. And almost all of it is like, we have to argue to even try to convince ourselves it might be good again. Um, so yeah, I mean, modern is becoming legacy. We all know that. Like, well, so, I mean, that was, you know, there, there, there were stuff like, so for instance, some are on someone, I don't agree with all of them, but, uh, at green sky dragon through the breach, Gorio's vengeance, burning inquiry, Thalia, slippery boggle, spell queller, arc bound ravager, glistener elf, arc light, Phoenix, anger of the gods, abrupt decay, assassin's trophy. Right. Like now some of those I think are still playable. Some of them are sad that they're totally gone. Huntsman, uh, Ancient Stirrings, Tron Lands, uh, you know. These are storm cards in general. Like there are a lot of cards that we didn't touch upon here that are spread through this is just not playable anymore. And and now some of that is just recent sets, right? The last four years of Magic have pumped a lot of power level in the format. But some of that is just those four years included two Modern Horizon sets that have been significantly more defining to the format than people, I think, really even hoped they would be. Um, Do you think Modern Horizons was a good thing or a bad thing? Part of me wishes that Modern Horizons was just reprinting cards into the format. No new cards, only reprints. Uh, is, I think, my hot take. Maybe. I think it's good to be able to print cards into modern that don't have to go through standard. Do I think those cards should all be brand new, totally fresh out of the box, new designs is a lot of them seem like net negatives. I, yeah. I think I'd rather modern horizons. If I had to choose it existing or not existing, I'd probably choose. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of fun to a lot of these cards that are on this list. And I think a lot of these cards are invalidated by this, just the pure power level. So Anyway, guys, I think that's going to pretty much wrap up the episode for us. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. As always, be sure to comment below with your thoughts on these specific cards we just mentioned. Go check out that TikTok. A big time thank you to the Ultra Sleeps program. As Alex mentioned, the $5 Patreon tier. Uh, there's an awesome, like super, super cool lightning bolt you guys can get. And it's got Alex as the Emperor in Star Wars and me as uh, obviously a Jedi. And Alex is trying to kill me with with lightning bolts from his fingers. It's very cool. Unlimited um, power. Yes, unlimited power. And then he looks at me, and I'm like, "No, I want to be a Jedi like my father." The whole thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's all on the, it's all on the card. But uh, yeah, otherwise we will be back next week. Big thank you to TCG Player, uh, the host and sponsor of the show. Appreciate you guys being in our corner and we love making this content. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much that. Absolutely. All right. Thanks to everyone. Thank you to all of our sponsors. We'll see you guys at Magic 30. 